Welcome to Joy Chasers Podcast. My name is Amber Connolly, pharmacy professor turned transformative coach. Each week, I will be bringing you thoughts, experiences, tangible steps, and guests with all of the above so you can connect deeper with yourself, own your truth, step into your power, have honest and vulnerable conversations so you can get motivated to take action, to find your purpose and claim your joy. Welcome to Joy Chasers. My name is Amber Connolly and I am so excited to have you with me for episode one of my show. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so excited that you showed up and let's dive on in. What is Joy Chasers? This show, as the name implies, is all about chasing joy. This show is all about getting more joy in your day-to-day life. And although the name is very simplistic, beneath it, there's so much more. Because I found in my life, joy isn't a final destination. It's not a place that you just show up and there you have it, joy. Joy is about so much more than that. It's really a byproduct of many other things. So maybe you're listening and your reality, your day-to-day life doesn't match your potential, meaning you know that you have more inside of you to give. You might feel really hungry for more. And when I say more, that could be anything, whatever that more is for you. Maybe it means you want more health in your life. Maybe it means you want more confidence in your life. Maybe it means you want more time in the day to get things done. Maybe it means you want to have more connected relationships in your life. Maybe it means you want more self-acceptance. You want to love yourself more. Maybe it means you want more out of your professional career. Whatever that more is for you, this show is for you. Because it's on the journey of finding that more or of chasing that goal or of chasing that joy that we really find ourselves. And what this show is going to be all about is It's going to be about having very real conversations, very honest conversations, very raw conversations for you to connect deeper with yourself. And the reason for that is because I believe the more we know ourselves, the more self-aware we become, then the better we could show up in life. The more connected we are with ourselves, I believe the more at peace we could be with ourselves. Whenever we are self-aware or whenever we intimately know ourselves, we can then experience a peace, P-I-E-C-E, of inner peace, P-E-A-C-E. And I truly believe the more connected we are with ourselves and when we reach that inner peace, I truly believe that then joy is a byproduct of that. And really, we could want all of these versions of more. We could want all of these goals. 
But truly, when we reach that goal, whatever that goal is, whatever that more is, it doesn't matter if we're not connected with ourselves. And I could so honestly and so authentically speak to that because there's been so many seasons in my life where I have chased more. And that more has showed up in so many different disguises. It has been more joy. It has been more in relationships. It has been more in my health. It has been physical goals. It has been aesthetic goals. It has been more in my career. It has been a doctorate degree. It has been a six-figure salary. It has been more in so many different versions of my life. And really, in all of that is where I found that connecting with myself is always the answer. And that's really what inspired me to share this show. And I want to provide a space for these real conversations, for these vulnerable conversations to take place. And I also want to offer tangible steps that you could apply to your daily life so that you could connect deeper with yourselves and therefore experience your version of more, whatever that more is for you. What I can promise is that through listening to this show, you're going to get radically honest with you. I can promise if you keep showing up week after week, and if you keep listening to my show, you will take ownership of your life. You will take ownership of your relationships. You will take ownership of the relationship that you have with yourself. You will take ownership of your health and your life will transform and you will change. I know that it won't happen overnight. I know that it will take a lot of time and a lot of work, but I can promise you that this show is going to make you think and it's going to shift your thinking, and shift your perspective. So thank you for being curious enough to show up. And I'm so pleased to embark on this journey with you and so grateful to start this process with you. And this is what I know. As humans, we all have a story. And parts of our story are beautiful. Parts of our story are colorful and are full of some of the proudest moments of our lives. But other parts of our story are messy. Other parts of our story would break your heart. Everyone has a messy part of their story. And that messy part could be full of sadness, could be full of depression, could be full of anxiety, could be full of moments of self-doubt, of fear, of gray, feeling gray, feeling dark, feeling angry, maybe riddled with addiction, maybe riddled with trauma, maybe riddled with whatever your mess is. Everyone has mess. Everyone has some version of trauma. Everyone. And really, I believe we have just two options. Your options are one, just keep on keeping on, meaning keep running your story, whatever that story is and however it is affecting you. Just keep, keep going, 
Keep doing what you're doing. Maybe what you're doing is being stagnant. Maybe what you're doing is letting fear stop you from reaching your fullest potential. Maybe your story is just causing you to keep chasing. Maybe you're in a season of chasing. Chasing goals purposely, not with a purpose. Chasing goals and never processing your story. That's dangerous. That is dangerous. That's option one. Option two is actually processing your story. Processing your story and taking ownership of your story. Taking ownership of your mess. Learning from your mess. And channeling that into your purpose. Showing up differently. Showing up in your full power. Taking ownership of your relationships. Taking ownership of how you show up in the world. Being radically honest with yourself and owning your mess. One of my mentors, one of my favorite people, Lori Harder, who has a podcast called Earn Your Happy, she recently had a women's event called The Bliss Project, which, by the way, was incredible and is actually one of the real reasons that inspired me to put out this podcast to begin with, but that's a whole different story. Lori Harder said at The Bliss Project, use your mess to be your message. And I thought that was incredibly powerful. And today I would love to share parts of my mess or parts of my story that that really have changed my life and have really pushed me into my purpose. And for those of you who don't know me, I've already said this. My name is Amber Connolly and I currently live in Gainesville, Florida, and I'm originally from Northeastern Pennsylvania. And the day that this podcast released on March 19th, 2019, I will be turning 27 years old. And by the time you listen to this, I will be 27, which is really exciting. I'm officially in my late 20s which about not too long ago, I'd say three to four years ago, that would have freaked me out. But I'm really excited to be here. I've learned so much throughout my 20s and I would never go back to my early 20s because that just was not the best version of me. We'll just leave it at that for now. And I'm so proud of of who I am today. And I am originally from Northeastern PA. And I grew up in this small, one-mile town. One mile, one stoplight. And I grew up in this very big Irish Catholic family. And my family is so incredibly loving and so incredibly supportive. I have two parents, a mom and a dad, and I have an amazing sister. My dad, one of the biggest things he taught me was how to dream Not that my mom didn't do that. They both taught me different, the same things in different ways. But my dad really, underneath it all, meeting him, you would never know this, really, I think, 
when he listens to this, if he's still listening at this point, he might even say, oh, why did you share that? But he is such a dreamer. He really is. You would never guess it. And growing up, he gave me permission to dream and to dream big. I remember just being young and my dad taking us to drive around different neighborhoods with homes that we couldn't afford and always dreaming of having more and always instilling in me and my sister that we could have anything we want. If you want whatever you want, you could have. You just need to work hard. And my mom and my dad both modeled hard work for me and my sister. My mom is a school teacher. She has been teaching elementary school since before I was born. And growing up, my mom earned multiple master's degrees. I can't even name how many. I believe it's three or four. And at the same time, got many other different certificates, like a principal certificate. And she just constantly was in school. She was always working hard, always learning. And she really modeled lifelong learning. And she also modeled hard work. And she taught me that hard work breeds success. Growing up, I wasn't the healthiest kid. I was born 10 weeks early. I was born premature. And growing up in this small community, it it really was a town founded by immigrants. And health isn't a thing there. Pizza's a thing. Pierogies are a thing. Buttery pierogies. There's a festival in my area called the Kielbasa Festival, which I can't even talk about kielbasa because I've, I think I used to eat it when I was young, but like looking at it to this day grosses me out. But <laughs> it's an area where eating is a big cultural thing. And the food is a big cultural thing too. It's a big social thing. It's how I think that, that that's not unique to the Northeastern PA area. Food brings people together. <laughs> but what is unique is the way that we eat. Food is, you don't see very healthy options there. Healthier options are trickling into town now, now that it's 2019. But health isn't the norm there. Pizza's the norm. Pizza's definitely the norm. Drinking beer is the norm. Binge drinking is the norm. Drinking in excess is the norm. Smoking cigarettes is the norm. And I really think if I take a step step back from it, a lot of it comes from the roots. The roots were, we were founded by immigrants in, in that area. And everyone would go to work, work in the mines, come home, drink away their problems, go to bed, do it again the next day. And it's, I'm so proud to be from there. Don't get me wrong. I love where I'm from. I love my home. It it will always be home. But the area, it it is depressed. There are parts of it that are really depressed and that, that now that I'm older, I could see that there are cracks of it cracking open to wanting more and to being more open to change. But the type of place that I grew up in, you could not leave for five years and you could go back and it's the same thing. But it's where I'm from, and it's where I learned my hard work, and it's from those roots of not being healthy, and of being born premature, and of being physically limited. 
being told you can't run like the other kids because you can't breathe like the other kids. It's in that place of being unhealthy that I really, I really learned then how to now, being on the other side, value my health. I know what it's like to not be healthy. I know what it's like to grow up eating McDonald's and eating pizza and love my parents so much, but they didn't know how to value their health. They were never taught to. And my mom and her sister and their sister-in-law, they were always on Weight Watchers. That was their thing. My mom was always on Weight Watchers. And they would um, go to Weight Watchers and then after go eat pizza and wings after they weighed in. It's such a, and it was such a social thing for them. And really through Weight Watchers and through my mom's journey with Weight Watchers, the family, our family was always eating Weight Watchers too. We would go through different cycles. I grew up knowing, okay, two pieces of pizza, that's enough points. Like that's two pieces of pizza is good. Like you could have two, but not three, but two. Yeah. Two is good. I grew up viewing things in terms of Weight Watchers points and it really put me in this mindset of all or nothing and food just wasn't as free. Eventually, I grew up being very carefree with food, but somewhere in my teenage years, I definitely started being less carefree with food and and way more careful and I started viewing food differently and I didn't know how to be healthy because it just wasn't something that I learned at home. And growing up, seeing my parents work so hard and being told I could be anything that I wanted to be and growing up being an Irish dancer, I loved performing. I loved performing. I loved being on stage. I was that kid in class that volunteered for everything, that loved talking And I consistently would get an unsatisfactory in my my class conduct grade because I just talked too much in school. I couldn't sit still. Loved learning, but I just couldn't sit still and I couldn't pay attention. And when I was 18 years old, I was a freshman in college and I took my first group fitness class. I took my first group fitness class and I also declared my minor. I was a biology major at Wilkes University in Wilkes-Barre, PA, biology major, dance minor, and I started taking Zumba classes. And it was in those Zumba classes that I realized that movement, whoa, it changed my life. Suddenly I went from not being able to sit still, not being able to be quiet to whoa, whoa, I could actually pay attention. Who knew? Who knew I had that in me? And also, I grew up as an anxious kid. I grew up being that premature kid. My parents always sheltered me. They always protected me from germs. And I, I, that set me up to be an anxious kid and then an anxious adult. So by the time I was 18, I was riddled with anxiety. And After Zumba, whoa, not only could I focus better, but my anxiety wasn't as bad. I also realized that through moving my body in my dance classes and through doing group fitness classes, I was feeling more confident. And that changed my life. Movement for me changed my life. But it wasn't because I came from an upbringing that was so passionate about movement. I watched my mom go through different workout programs, home DVD DVD sets and 
walking, but I never grew up in this upbringing that was just so healthy and so aware of health. It was, it was definitely quite the opposite. And going through college, I was a biology major, a dance minor, and to make a very long story short, I decided when I was a freshman that I wanted to become a pharmacist. And I decided that because growing up, I was a frequent flyer at the pharmacy having breathing problems, and I saw my local pharmacist really help people. And I wanted to help people in that same way. Also, my first job when I was 15 years old was at a pharmacy, was at a little independent pharmacy, and I was too young to work back in the pharmacy. I actually worked in the gift shop, so I arranged flowers and talk to people. Now that job for me only lasted about six months, which that's a whole different story for a different time. But I had a really good time there when I worked there until I quit. But I saw how powerful pharmacists were in the sense where how much of an impact they could make on people's lives. And I knew that I wanted to help people. And I also knew that I wanted to make a good living. I knew that I wanted to make good money. And for me, being 18 years old, hearing, whoa, you can make six figures when you graduate in six years, I was like, heck yes, sign me up. I want to do that. And that's what I did. I knew I wanted to help people and I knew I wanted to make good money. So when I was 18 years old, I got a job at a pharmacy, a chain pharmacy, CVS, and I jumped into college. And in school, I quickly decided, yeah, school's fine, but when you have anxiety and when you're worried about getting into pharmacy school, and I had so much going on being an 18-year-old, so many anxiety-ridden things, I decided, whoa, I'm going to do this as fast as I can. I want to do this in six years. So freshman year, sophomore year, I worked at CVS and Somewhere in sophomore year, at the beginning of sophomore year, I applied to pharmacy school at the college that I was at called Wilkes University. And I applied for pharmacy school and was told that I would never get in. I met with the dean of the school. He looked at my application and he said, well, you're just not going to be a pharmacist. You're never going to be a pharmacist. Why don't you go be a nurse? Why don't you go be a social worker, why don't you go be a teacher? He pretty much named me every single profession but being a pharmacist. And I have always been that hungry person. I've always been someone that made a plan and stuck to the plan. And I've always been someone who, from the bottom of my heart, believed hard work equals success equals this is the end. Like, you, you've made it. And when, when this person said that, I thought, what the heck? that's just not true. That's not true. I'm going to go do it. You say that I can't. Well, I can't hear, but I'm still going to do it. And it was a a terrible meeting. I left there feeling really down about myself. And I really did question what to do next. But it only took a couple moments of getting it together to realize I need to go make this happen for myself. And I knew that I didn't want to compromise. Sticking around and waiting to do it longer for me wasn't an option. And I applied to the only other two pharmacy schools that I could apply to because I only had my freshman year of college under my belt and because my minor, remember, was dance. 
So when you minor in dance, you're not exactly taking extra science courses to apply to pharmacy school early. And I was working a lot at CVS at the time. I just did it. And long story short, I got into pharmacy school, moved to Baltimore, Maryland. I will dive into other parts of what I learned in my pharmacy school experience at another time, but kept working for CVS, loved it, and eventually figured I wanted more and did a residency at the University of Florida. And my residency was in geriatric care, academia, slash managed care. And now I'm a faculty member at the University of Florida. And it has been incredible. And I'm so proud of my pharmacy experience. And I am proud to be a pharmacist. But in this journey, I learned that because I value health so much, coming from a place of not being healthy to now being healthy, I'm so passionate passionate about helping others be the healthiest version of themselves. And I know that health isn't just about taking pills. Health isn't just about one thing. It's the mind. It's the body. It's movement. It's the mind-body connection. It's about spirit. It's about all three, mind, body, spirit in one. And it's really about taking personal ownership. And as a pharmacist, I love helping patients, but I know that I'm limited in that. And I love working with my students. I love helping students connect deeper with themselves so they could become the best versions of themselves and they could reach their fullest potential. I'm so privileged to work with students to do that. And I know that I want more of that. And for that reason, I launched my own business as a transformative coach. And I help people who feel stuck move their story forward. And I mostly help people who want more, who want more and want to reach their full potential. And they're not quite sure how to get there. And that is how I ended up on this podcast. And I'm very energetic outside of my day job and outside of being a transformative coach. I teach fitness classes. I teach bar classes. I have a lot of energy and I love just helping people in any way that I can. I shouldn't say in any way that I can because really there's a lot of things that I, I don't necessarily enjoy helping with, but I would say my favorite thing to do when I help people is really to inspire them and leave them feeling better about themselves and leaving them feel more confident and more capable and more ready to take ownership. And that is me in a nutshell. And really, this is also what I know. I know I've been saying that a lot. I've been sharing all that I know. This is what I know. If you're listening to this podcast, you're curious. You're curious about finding your more and you're ready to grow. And let me tell you, this is the place, these are the conversations that will force you to grow. And if you show up weekly with me, if you listen to these conversations, and if you do the hard work and connect deeper with you and apply the actionable steps, then you will get your more. 
you will take radical ownership and you will become more joyful. Thank you for tuning into episode one. I said every episode will have tangible steps. This week's tangible steps are think about your story. Think about your story. Really think about it. What is your story? Why are you here? What is your message? What is your mess? Have you processed your mess? Are you honest about your mess? What is it? And really, what do you want out of life? Where do you want to go from here? And what is your more? What are you hungry for? What do you stand for? What do you want out of life? I am Amber Connolly. Thank you so much for tuning in. I can't wait for episode two. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to episode one of Joy Chasers. If you loved this episode, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. You'll be the first to know when episode two drops. Catch you next time.